nothing. What is nothing? Hey, now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? That's deep, bro. Oh, hi. Welcome to That's Deep, Bro. Serious questions with silly people. I am Christina Pajitsky, and my guest today is the fantastic Matthew Bronger. <laughs> Hello. Host of his own podcast, The Ding Donger with Matt Bronger. Yes. And he has a new comedy special coming out February 6th on Comedy Central. And what's the title again? So Big Dumb Animal. <laughs> fantastic. Very philosophical. Very apt for the show. <laughs> kind of is. Mm-hmm. And actually... The title of your um, special, we'll get into that. There's actually a theory of of why that applies to the philosophy of humor. The title of your mm, Interesting. Okay. Thanks, Meow. Cool. It's my husband. He brought me water. Thank you. Thanks, Tom. Um, mm-hmm. Guys, um, if you'd like to support That's Deep Bro, please use my Amazon banner on my podcast, That's Deep Bro Podcast.com. Buy my new CD, Man of the Year. I just charted on Billboard. Um, number eight of ten, which is a miracle. I've never thought That's I so would great. never chart it That's on so awesome. crap in my life. Um, and thank you guys and buy it, support me and my uh, my husband and my dog because listen, I self released this because uh, I'm sick of corporations uh, taking advantage of comics. Screw them, right, mm-hmm. Matt Bronger? Yeah, yeah, DIY. Hell yeah, DIY. Uh-huh. This this show is DIY and that's DIY. Uh, look at my dates. On uh, go to thousandranch.com. That's my personal website for my show dates. I'm coming to Indianapolis February 19th through 21st. And then I do one night in Louisville, Kentucky at the Laughing Derby on February 22nd. I can't believe I just remembered all that. Um, so come see me do stand up. And then in March, March 5th through 8th at the DC Improv in Washington, DC, the District of Columbia. Matt Bronger, where can people see you? Uh, Soonest will be uh, at Sketchfest, San Francisco. Just check sketchfest.com. Oh, yeah, I'm there too. Where you're there too. And then um, the then the next road gig I have right now booked is uh, March 20th and the 21st at uh, Laughs uh, Comedy Spot in uh, Kirkland, Washington, just outside Seattle. Nice. But there will be other other things. So go to mattbronger.com, M-A-T-T-B-R-A-U-N-G-E-R.com for show listings. I'm so excited you're here. Yeah, I'm psyched. Um, so firstly, thank you guys. I got a huge response from Paul Gilmartin's episode. Uh, Paul Gilmartin uh, and I cool. talked about forgiveness because he and I both have crazy moms. Yeah. And how do you forgive a, a mom who maybe wasn't all there? <laughs> yeah. Did you Do you like your parents? I like them very much. Uh, oh, good. They, they've always, well, I've been lucky. Because, see, I was lucky because they come from very distant families. So they had a child that they really supported and loved oh. and you know but but it all it is that thing you know i talked about being uh under the podcast a little bit in uh, about being kind of an underdeveloped man about yes, like we'll i'm right now that. in my life i'm doing the thing things i should have been doing uh at 30 and at 40 like i just turned 40 <laughs> you know what i mean like where it's just you know like so great well, but that also is is kind of uh in and of being an only child and being a stand-up comedian and so well save it of, don't go we're yes, not there yes yet. yes yes okay we're but, not there yet. so hold on but but we're going to talk about this crap. Right. Got it. Hold it. I, I got it. Hold it. I'm so, holding it. 
so yeah, thanks for the Paul Gilmartin. Uh, we got a lot of positive feedback on that. Check out his uh, website, mentalpod.com. It's got these surveys on there, man, mm-hmm. where you can, people anonymously take these surveys about various subjects like shame and, and what they're afraid of. And it'll make you feel so less weird in your life. Yeah. Go, I'm serious. Go do this. Also, somebody wrote in, uh, gosh, did they sign their name? Uh, nope, they did not sign their name. I, I falsely mentioned on the episode about God, episode 11, I said that um, Carl Sagan, there's, uh, that, that he turned to faith at the end of his life on his deathbed. And that apparently was just a rumor. Um, his wife, during an interview, said, quote, when my husband died, because he was so famous and known for not being a believer, many people would come up to me, if st- it still sometimes happens, and ask me if Carl changed at the end and converted to a belief in an afterlife. They also frequently ask if I think I will see him again. Carl faced his death with unflagging courage and never sought refuge in illusions. The tragedy was that we knew he would never, we would never see each other again. Wow. So mm. there we go, guys. Carl Sagan stuck to his guns at the end, and I stand corrected on that. Wow. Isn't that crazy, man? It is crazy. Fuck. Well, right. it's not crazy that that's a rumor. Because I could see yeah. a people just going like, well, but you know, it's appealing. by the way, it's appealing. you, you got to know. Well, it's just appealing to a very religious person. It's sexy. It's, it's that thing <laughs> of, of, oh, for all his science, like you can just wipe it all away because yeah. at the end kind of yeah. thing of like, no, you know, but there was, there was a, there's a, a religious leader. I, I forget her name, but she, one of her big things of her about being what it is to be a Christian is to not do it for the sake of heaven's reward. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, you're not and if it, that's what to. everyone kind of gets caught up in and and it's like why do it why do anything if there's no reward? Yeah. <laughs> no, really, right? Well, it's What's like saying, point? well, it's like, you know, I like to say, you know, there's this there's that thing faith is its own reward, mm. which when you when you really think about it is is kind of horseshit, but I I've said I said to my, <laughs> you know, you know, but in your in your heart of hearts, but it's like but it isn't. It, it yeah. like, you know, believing in something is can kind of can make you a better person. But at the same time, I do believe sincerely that being an asshole is its own punishment. Yes. Do you know what I mean? You know what? It, I think it's dwelling or, you in... You know what it is? It's not faith is his own reward. It's virtue. Virtue, virtue is his own reward, no, that, and being an true. asshole is his own punishment. But that right. is true, because when you think about what, what assholes do, you're kind of dwelling in those lower base human instincts. You're not rising yes. above... You know what Schmeagol and The Hobbit were watching The Hobbit? Yeah. And Schmeagol's a wonderful representation of the ego, and yes. living solely for greed and mm-hmm. self self yeah. stuff. And yeah. Yeah, and the hobbits are quite the opposite. They're living in the service of the the common good, the bigger good, the ring. Well, it, it, the, the genius of, of that, how it's portrayed, actually, actually in the movie, not so much as I feel in, in the in the books, is that it it is the picture of addiction. It's the picture yes, of, that's of, what being, I thought. of being of being of uh, being an addict. The many faces yes. of 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 your of your wow. your consumptions i guess yes. you know whatever you, Fuck, your practice man. is you know but it it goes it goes to what you're saying about so um right. about being uh uh you know you know like like uh being an asshole you're going for the easy stuff you're yeah. like i'm gonna lie to this person so they like me better yeah but it, it's gonna bite you in the ass because uh, ultimately just like if you're yeah. like uh rather than read this book i'm gonna eat these five donuts you yeah, know that's, that's, my like, life that's gonna story. bite you in the ass which I understand more. Let me eat the Cinnabon but, at 1030 at night. Sure, sure. <laughs> so, so anyways, I ask you here today. Yes. Number one, I think you are one of the funniest fucking human beings oh, on the planet. I remember you. watching you got like early. I remember when we were all open micers and here comes uh-huh. Matt Bronger on the scene 
and you blew people away. Like you were one of the people who you fucking you landed in LA and it was like an atomic bomb. You know what though? So I had a, I had a year of being intimidated because I did I did a couple shows that didn't go that well and I was kind of shook up cuz I'm like, "Oh man, this is this is not what I wanted. I wanted to get really good in Chicago first and I thought like I did. But now uh so but then I kind of went, "Oh no, 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 no. I'm going to go back to it, it it comes down to, to not you know, doing what you believe is funny and not not really caring, just having yes. a little more confidence. But it was, so yes. it wasn't exactly that, to be honest. So, you, you well, put it, I guess then I should say, by the time I had come to know you, it was, oh my God, have you seen this guy, Matt Bronger? He's the funniest person ever. Yeah. And what's really interesting about you is that, you know, there's, uh, there's different ways to do comedy, which we'll kind of get into the philosophy of humor. Huh. Um, but one of them is... You're silly, and you're not afraid yeah. to be silly, and that's something that you know. That's so rare. That's so fucking. It's rare that someone's al- allowing themselves to be seen that way because yeah. it's it's especially in this era. We're in a very sarcastic, dark sure uh, era. But I wanted to talk to you about humor. There is a philosophy of humor, believe it or not. And um, here, let me just, I'll just roll into it. It's so fascinating. Yeah, it. So there's this fantastic book by a man named Simon Critchley. And I picked this up a million years ago. And the book is called On Humor. And it's a really interesting read. It's got that neat British vernacular in it. Um, so there are three primary theories of humor that we're going to discuss. The first theory represented by Plato, it's in Plato and Aristotle uh, and Hobbes. So this is interesting. And I think there's a lot of validity to this. We laugh from feelings of superiority over other people. The glory arising from... Oh, this is too much. Conception of some eminency. Okay. Uh, There's a conception of some eminency in ourselves by comparison with the infirmities of others or with our own formerly. Laughter is that passion which hath no name, which would be forbidden to the virtuous guardians of Plato's imagined philosophical city. In other words, I, I don't think Plato liked... Uh, laughter. It was kind of seen as you're taking a dump on somebody else. You're subverting. It's it's it's, it's all. And it, putting someone I else think a lot down. of it comes from come from it's 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 that that era of of uh, enjoyment is indulgence. Any oh, enjoyment, sure. And so I think it kind of maybe at that time people only laughed. It was all short, Schadenfreude. You only laughed yes. at someone. It was just like, ha, look at that clown. And then that person in laughing made themselves look even worse kind of thing by 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 being lazy and being indulgent and um maybe you even saw laughter as being like masturbation like what's the point of this what what does this build <laughs> to how does this elevate us we should leave this right. laughing place cuz really where do you hear laughter the most bars you know yeah. i'm sure played walk by people where they're chugging oh, right. wine hanging out with prostitutes everyone's laughing right you know look it, that is a lazy slovenly way to be kind of thing yeah and so it's it is it is this thing of of you know reveling in the inequalities of of the kind of thing it's us versus them and it's funny there's an example in this book we'll get to the freudian idea of humor where it's a what is that sound do you hear that it's an alarm somebody's uh is it oh it's me oh hi (laughs) I thought I thought Sorry. I thought your dog had some kind of clang at a bell, <laughs> I thought so too. like a little Christmas bell or something. <laughs> I thought it was Fifo's uh, yeah. collar. Sorry, yeah. I, I set the alarm so that we make sure to get you out of here on time. I didn't want to. Oh, it's fine. Touch you. Um, no, I'm good. So there is this thing, this Freudian idea. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. But he talks about how there's, if there's a bunch of dudes in a bar and they're telling like, yeah, it's fucking chick jokes. Sure, it's ultimately them dealing with their repressed feelings of homosexuality. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> but that's the next theory. But yeah, I, I agree that there's something, the superiority thing. You're cutting down the power. You're mm-hmm. cutting down somebody else to laugh at them. And I'm guilty as charged. That is one of my uh, favorite things to do is to shit on other people and i'm sure that's not it's not a very holy it's everyone's favorite thing in too. a lot of ways it's it that's something that comes with being a person or a being yeah i mean you know on the cruelest level it'd be like how cats will like bite a mouse so it can't run and then just play with it till it's dead <laughs> like that's the worst version yeah. and then and and then there are there are things of making fun of I remember lenny bruce had a great thing about like saying how oh your your humor's so mean and it's so dark and he's like He's like, all these guys I grew up watching, it was always like, this guy's head was so big. How big was it? My wife is so <laughs> fat. How fat was it? And you know, yeah. like at that time, they didn't see that as being funny. Uh, not, not, they saw it as being funny as not as being mean. Yeah. Or it's just like, no, like, like there's always been that humor. Just There's always been always. that humor. But there's also kind of a hierarchy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can pick on, in my act, I can pick on people that are higher than me in the food chain. Yeah but not lower, so to speak, yeah. on the social totem pole. If I pick on uh, white guys, you know, dad type. Sure. Gales of laughter. Of course. If I make fun of a chola gangbanger Mexican girl, 20-year-old Mexican girl, it's like dead crickets. Yeah. Sure. Um, and that's interesting. It depends on where you are in the pecking order of society, if, who you can pick It's on. really about you want to kick people when they're up. Right. You know? Uh, the boss. You're yeah, always making fun of the boss or the king. Yeah, or the, or the status quo and stuff. Yeah. But it's like... That's why, like, I, I, that's why I really get annoyed when people are just like, "Oh, oh, you like making fun of like you dumb racist rednecks," where it's kind of like you would never say that about like an undereducated black person, kind right? Of thing. When right. This, we're talking the same social strata, right? Uh, but it's it's interesting. It's um, that that I I can't I don't believe that obviously all humor is making fun of. Someone like inferiorities or whatever. It's to feel superior uh, too. Yeah, no. I mean, I think it's also absurdity. It's 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 yes. it's, it's a, a, yeah. a friend of mine was kind of li- actually likening it to people doing magic tricks because you mm. just don't know which way it's going. Yes. There's a switcheroo. Yes, misdirection. That's misdirection. Misdirection for sure. You know. So this is interesting. So the second one is the relief theory emerges in the 19th century in the work of Herbert Spencer, where laughter is explained as a release of pent-up nervous energy. But the theory is best known in the version given in Freud's book, Jokes and Their Relation to the Unconscious, where the energy that is relieved and discharged in laughter laughter provides pleasure because it allegedly economizes upon energy that would ordinarily be used to contain or repress psychic activity. Which is that thing about the guys mm. in the bar. It's like, okay, so Freud's whole thing is there's a superego, right? Yeah. And the superego is composed of stuff that you ne- learned as a child. It could be your mother, your father. It's the rules of the game. It's the self-regulating mechanism in human beings. And yeah. usually it's formed in, from, like I said, your parents kind of set up that structure. And then you grow up and you've internalized your parental voice. And that is your superego. And the superego tells you things like, hey, don't cheat on your husband. Or it <laughs> regulates the ego's behavior and so what what freud he's always about what's uncomfortable to the conscious mind so joking and laughter is a way of diffusing those yucky unconscious parts and i think what's neat is he talks about like in racial humor like the reason you won't laugh at something for instance i think the for instance is actually oh it's not in here uh let's say you don't want to laugh at an anti-semitic joke maybe it's because part of you 
might be a little anti-Semitic. Maybe you're really Absolutely. uncomfortable with that. Absolutely. It, 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 we, we, as a species, believe in, if I don't talk about it, it's not real. Yes. And, and I'm not even, I'm not saying like, like that, that's why stereotypes are real or anything stupid like that. I'm just okay. saying like, you know, we just, it's like, we, we don't, we don't want to talk about it because it's just easier that way. It's just easier yeah. to sh- shovel it under the rug. I mean, <laughs> someone as stupid as Glenn Beck talking about there is no racism anymore because people love Michael Jackson or Michael Jordan so much. It's like, he's <laughs> fucking talking about, man. He plays sports. Racists right. love sports. You know, like, everyone, I mean, everyone loves, loves sports. sports. Everyone. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, like not just, but you know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, for sure, yeah. It's just like that, that proves nothing. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it, I think there is a, an element to that that if you, that's why I kind of, I kind of love a lot of the comedians that I that I I work with and have worked with that are just if you talk to me like oh you're an awful person and they're just like oh no you're just very honest about how <laughs> yes, you are and yes. you'll laugh at something if it's funny no matter how offensive it is I, about anything yes. I don't have that yes. power I will wince I'll be like Jesus I know you are you know, you're a sweet man uh, and you're also way more I got horrific dark liberal. secrets but no. <laughs> But there are, yeah. But I am, I am, I am a hopeless leftist. You're so granted, liberal, granted. I know. But your humor but, reflects that. But yeah, go ahead. I guess. But it's like I also love saying I love saying really filthy shit on stage or like really dark of course, shit on stage. Of course. Um, and I will if I will. Sometimes I I will see somebody doing jokes like that, and I'm kind of like, what are, what are you doing? Like, yeah. Stop. That's not you. You know. But what what's so so what you're saying is that there 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 is a line uh, to what can and cannot be spoken of. Now it's interesting. I was on Facebook. And a good friend of mine in comedy wrote, I just watched Bill Burr's special, and he's such a misogynist. Huh, yes. And I thought to myself, so what? <laughs> now, because I'm of the school of thought of like, you know what? Some of my great comedian male friends, unfortunately, are on stage would be considered misogynists. <laughs> and, yeah. But does that preclude me from enjoying the joke? And not only that, the reason they're... So so maybe maybe from that 40 something year old male's white male's perspective that's yeah. how he sees the world. Who the hell am I to judge how he sees his world? You know, I think I think Bill Burr is is I I'm a little not not tired with people calling him a misogynist, but he's just he he prefaces it by being like I'm this old, I'm kind of stupid. Right. Isn't it like That's this? What I'm Am saying. I crazy? Why can't he and have I, it? And I, I've, to me, people that talk about controversial things from their perspective, not yes. from, I heard, I read, this is something I feel. Is it like this? I don't know. Going straight at it with, this is how I feel about yes. this. I could be completely wrong. Right. And he does have that. He does have that bit about. He has wonderful bits about how how people actually are sexist, how they actually <laughs> are racist. Yeah. You know. Um. And and. And he has a thing where like, and I don't want any you you racist assholes after the show coming up to me going, I never heard it said like that. That was great, you know. So it's like I don't think he is a misogynist, you know. I I I think I don't think he he has a, but I mean he has he he has he has the prejudice very prevalent in men that is in me that is in most men I know that is that is this thing of ah you know kind of I'm I'm annoyed I'm annoyed by this because I didn't get my way blah you know because because we live in this. fucking society that just as women are put down by the society we're kind of we're obviously propped up yeah. and when that when that propped upness gets lowered a little i'm like hey <laughs> but i mean i've right. ta- it's my job to take a second and go oh okay i get it get it this is how it should oh. be i should i should i should reach out and try to understand more right but why you know? wouldn't why would you want your prominence to yeah, be yeah there's that part of I you that's it. like that's like no 
I know? get it. I but, get it. I get it, man. Because if you're the leader, if you're the mm-hmm. king, you don't want to be demoted. But it's not even friend. just the leader. It's we are not aware of how entitled we are I know, for the, the most best. part. We it's don't. We best. don't know. You know. I feel no. like at my age, I'm. I pretty much know. <laughs> I know cops don't look at me twice. Really, you know. Yeah. I know I can. I can walk home alone from a bar and not yes. worry about get, getting sexually assaulted. I have yeah. so many. Advantages that it's just it's it's just I wish more guys would think about it that way. So do I, but you know what? That's that's a whole other podcast. But I but in in yeah short answer, I don't think he's misogynist. I really don't. I don't think so either. But I've seen comedians that absolutely are. And here, okay, so let's talk about those fellas or those. And and I'm I I say it could be racist, quote unquote race. It could be misogyny. It could be something that you don't really agree with. Right. There are so many comics, so I don't agree with them sociologically, philosophically, ethically, but I still laugh because I go, yeah, but in the realm of this comedy bubble mm-hmm. that we're in, that's yeah. not as a funny joke. And, well, that's, I and, mean, it's, and it's dealing with something that's in the unconscious yes. part of our society. It's dealing with yeah. something. That's why it exists. Uh-huh. And as, as comedians, it is speaking to like what we call civilians out there, non-comedians. <laughs> like it is, it is, it is a comforting thing to be with other comedians, and even like when we play the store or whatever, yeah, uh, comedy store, and anyone can say anything on stage. Like, yes. like Doug Stanhope nailed it when he said it is the last bastion of free speech. Yes, you might get kicked out, you might get banned, but you can for a time say anything you possibly want to. Yep, anything. Yep, and. You know, it's like you talk about Patrice O'Neill. Yeah. Brilliantly funny, amazingly smart, definitely misogynistic in a <laughs> lot of ways. Uh, he just looked at the world in a certain way. But the way he could detail and explain that world, I mean, me and Moshe Kasher were talking about that. You'd be like, man, that is messed up. And then he would explain <laughs> it. You'd be like, oh, my God, you're making me agree with you somehow because he's so smart <laughs> yes. that way. He's so yes. smart that way. Yes. You know, I, I, I think I think generally speaking, most of the misogynistic "Quote unquote comedians," I see it just comes from laziness. Yeah, it just comes from like just like yeah. Well, this is what I want, so shut up and fuck me. <laughs> Dude, guys don't care. Blah blah blah. You know. But you know, it used to uh, I think bother me more than it does now because now I go, yeah, well, that's just your point of view. What what am I going to do? But what I'm going to do is I'm going to pick up a mic and I'm going to tell my side of the story. Yeah. And I'm going to do my thing and I'm going to mm-hmm. hopefully yeah. encourage other women to pick up microphones and do their thing and let's <laughs> let's be the counter to this thing. Yeah. You know, well, it and, doesn't help to bitch about. It. Just fucking do something. Yeah, and I mean and, and and if someone wants to call somebody out, call somebody out. Call, do it. Yeah. You know, I agree. but but I will say shit talking someone on Twitter, shit talking them on Facebook, oh, it will never change this person. No. It will only <laughs> throw more wood on their fire. Of That's course. all you're doing. Like you have to Stupid. realize that. You're you're by going like, you know, there there's you know, like like Anthony Jeselnik is such a great comedy writer, and his stuff is so dark. And a lot of it is is mean to women, uh, uh, mean to gays, mean to mentally handicapped people. But it's but it's <laughs> yeah. it's just from the perspective of a black hearted, yes, intelligent person who he is not. Yes, we all do a bit of a character on a stage. Yes, his yes. character is huge. It's a it's a big character. I've seen there's there's guys I won't mention who it's like their whole thing is the mentality of a borderline date rapist in yes, college. Yes, I good know. Guy. And the thing is, it's like, oh, hey, boy. people love that guy. I do not, yeah. and I'm not going to pay attention to him. And you don't have to. So poof, he's gone. Yeah. In my world. And you don't have. He's to. never going to hold a rally. No. That's going to cause people to oh, do those kinds of things. And that's that's the differentiation I would make here is that yeah. the only thing. Well, let's get to this next question. Yeah. Uh, What's off limits? And in my opinion, 
Nothing. Right. Unless it is inciting violence, if it's hate speech. Sure. Like if a guy gets up there and, and you know, he's talking shit about this bitch suck my dick and blah, 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 blah. I just, disc- I don't even care. But if it's, hey, let's pick up our, you know, swords and, <laughs> I don't know why I said swords in this mm. era. You know, let's let everybody go out and rape women. Then I'd be like, well, that's, that's off limits. Yeah. Hate speech. But. I don't know. I get the feeling that you have a little more of a sensitive line on. Well, on I, humor. I, no, not really. Not in terms of comedy. No? Not in terms of comedy because oh, okay. it's comedy. Because you're trying to make people laugh. And if this yeah. person, not to say you can do say anything if you if you're making people laugh, but you kind of can because the audience is deciding. True. And and I and I it's the, the difference would would I think would d- definitely be if you're giving some kind of speech that's going to cause. Or asking you know? people and it, to do bad things. Generally yeah. speaking, yes, it is. It is a, it is a very hard line to draw, and it's very hard to tell. You know what causes what to. I, I think people generally in my generation occasionally did get more violent because of listening to NWA. But I think a, most of that happened in the suburbs. Yeah, you know, and not to say you know that didn't that doesn't count. But it's like it's one of those things. Should their art be reined in? No, I don't think no. so. But. I do think we as a culture tend to blame art for everything. Yes. And it's just like, come on, man. It's like, we will, we will, we will let our, here comes a liberal barreling down the pike, but we will, we will slash education uh, funds uh, to the bone and people come out of school not knowing anything and never, and not having any prospects. And of right. course they join gangs and become violent and in and out of jail of and stuff like that. Yeah. Cause we, we want, we want just something to point at, something easy to point at, and go like, "Oh, it's because it's rock and roll." Can't be like that. It's the uh, mm-hmm. the Tipper Gore yeah. stuff. In it's the someone 80s making and... a rape joke or whatever. Right? You know, or... that's my favorite. Yeah. Oh, and that's ah, uh, yeah. Let's say that's so. I, I, why do people? Why do people get fired up? Why? Why does Margaret Cho doing an impression of mm-hmm. Kim Jong Un uh, on the awards? What? Why? Because you can point at it. Who cares? Because you can point at it, and yeah. it, you're and you're being sensationalist. Yeah. Because you get to get your name in the paper, or you get to have an opinion, and it's an easy opinion to have. It's so, I, and I and I'm as guilty as anybody. I will tweet whatever my fucking opinion is, and then not give to a charity. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because no one would know, and and I'm not. You know, it, it's like you're not changing minds. Let's be honest. You're you're preaching to the choir. Every time, everyone who follows you on on your Twitter, on your Facebook, they know it's it's you know it's it's. I mean, I just made something up in my brain, but it's be the change you want to be in the world. And I, you know, guys, anyone can have that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All <laughs> right. All right. Uh, I just feel like I'm just being so fucking soapboxish, but you know what I'm saying. So okay. I think when, that's I think that's why though, just because yeah, it's easy. I, I think it's so lazy too. and it's easy. That's it's it. easy, and you don't actually have to pick up. Anything. You don't have to do shit. No. You can just 140 characters of nonsense. Okay, so the third and final theory, uh, incongruity theory, which is what you were talking about earlier. Uh, Kant, Schopenhauer, Kierkegaard, James Russell Lowell writes in 1870, humor in its first analysis is a perception of the incongruous. Humor is produced by the experience of a felt incongruity between what we know or expect to be the case and what actually takes place in the joke. I love these example jokes. Do you want to hear the very funny example joke? <laughs> I'm sure they're amazing. scholastic book. Yeah. Here we go. Did you see me at Princess Diana's funeral? I was the one who started the Mexican wave. What's the Mexican wave? The hell is a Mexican wave? It's just a wave. Yeah. This guy's English. What does he know? I <laughs> love that he did he just he just he just go his own country's type of racism that like we don't have. <laughs> 
They think Mexicans started that? They're yeah, like, they must assume it. They're right? like, they, the Mex- they love to stand up and raise both hands in the air because it means I'd like two tacos. Like, they're totally off. Like, right. what are you talking about? Putting hot sauce Just on Just because you have no Mexicans in your country. So what's really interesting about this book is that it talks about how, listen, the one thing that differentiates us from the animals is laughter. Okay? Animals certainly play, but they don't laugh. And that is something that is mm. separate from us. But, however, the fact that we have bodies and we're aware of having them, is a little problematic. It's part of the humanness of us. Like, right. my dog Fifo, he's not really aware that he has a body. He just has yeah. the body. Now, sure. because of that awareness, it leads to an awkwardness about it. The human body is squishy and fluidy, right. and especially a female body. Talk about messy. Yeah. Lactates and blood and goo and, you know, the disgusting. And the best way to diffuse... Uh, the awkwardness of that is my favorite, the fart joke. Sure. The poop joke, the scat right. stuff. And I, so that's why they say we laugh at, this is why this writer does Simon Critchley, at the body function stuff is because it diffuses, it deals with the awkwardness, uh, the metaphysics of knowing mm-hmm. that we are a body and the, the weirdness, the fucking weirdness of it. Yeah. Well, it's so weird. I'll go even better. I was thinking about how like <laughs> animals, animals don't laugh. I wonder if that's something we just taught ourselves that came out of us naturally, like, say, oral sex. Hmm. Animals don't do oral sex, not really, not that's to my knowledge. Interesting. So it's just one of those things you're like, oh, this feels real good. But it's not an instinctive thing yeah. to, to procreate. Right. You know, oh, which right. is obviously why we are why it feels so good. So we have to so we make ourselves do it, you know? Uh, or, or or are made to do it. But it's kind of I wonder if it's just kind of like a a reactionary thing, like the evolution of say <laughs> A sneeze or a cough or something that we just kind of we developed into laughers. That's interesting. Do you know what I mean? Where it's just it's our expression of enjoyment. Where a dog's expression could be wagging its tail or jumping right. in a circle, kind of thing. Right. Um, I wonder what the first like caveman joke. Like it's obviously the first joke is a fart joke. Right. Like the fires lit, we got fire, and then some guy farts in the See, fire. But I and bet it's the hilarious. first caveman joke is like someone got really hurt. You know what I mean? Like, right, like right. I mean, I think it. I think Plato's uh, theory was true back then, yeah. where like one dude's like hairy ass caught on fire from the first fire, and everyone's like, "Oh, oh. my god!" The place where his poo comes out caught on fire, <laughs> and then they put it out, and then the guy farted, and that guy was like the first comedian. Yeah, you know. The first and sadly, they just kept setting him on fire and making him fart and until hilari- he died. Hilarity. You know? but- and that guy started a place in Branson. So the thing is, is that, so, okay, but then let's talk about that Freudian thing, that superego, the unconscious thing. Why don't I laugh at certain things? Like, for instance, hmm. man, you, you, you know me. I love the fart in the brown yes. talk. God, I, I love poop. Uh-huh. I love fart. Dick jokes don't really tickle me in the same way. I just, I... yeah. It's not that I'm offended. Yeah. I just don't. It doesn't. Oh, well, to me, to me, why, why? Like to me, dick jokes. Am I dick, repressed? Dick jokes actually? are just. It's just a blanket statement for anything dirty. To yeah. me, like fart jokes is a oh, fart. The best. Like you can't. You don't really tell. I. I will. I will d- describe someone farting in a joke, but there's no real joke mm. that's about a fart. Like I remember, <laughs> Katy Perry was talking about. Like she said, like, oh, that's like about as easy as a comedian making a fart joke. And I wanted to be like, uh, uh-huh. Miss Perry, if I may, <laughs> what is a fart? Could you tell a fart joke? One joke about a fart. That's so true. Because farts don't need to be made jokes about them. Like dicks, you make fun of because for for 
millennia they've been used yeah. for violence they've been yes. used you know like it, it's this thing problematic. Of, a thing of power i feel like a lot of times they cause war you know because mm, it's most like, definitely you know it's just it's all ego uh i remember a friend holding a gun for the first time and being like this is like a, a metal erection and i'm like it, it is well if you look at the, the weapons are designed as phalluses yes. too mm-hmm. look at all the everything's a fucking dick right right yeah man but yeah temples i, I love i love the 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 power of like I remember I used to wait wait tables with a girl who's like I just never found farts funny and I was like what? I don't get you at all it's like not liking pizza yeah uh, Leslie Nielsen uh, for at least half his life he said he carried a, like a fart noise machine in his pocket <laughs> I got one right in front of you yeah is this it yeah go ahead give it a whirl <laughs> so great never stops yeah. making me laugh and he just keep it in his pocket yeah and he just like be in a bar with his wife and two guys would come up and start <laughs> about to fight with each other and he'd walk up and go. Hey guys, what's the problem? And they do press the <laughs> fart noise. And like if Leslie Nielsen just does that in oh, farts. I, I don't it. care what this guy said about you or what. You're going to fucking you're going to laugh. Yeah. You, it will diffuse all tension. Yeah, it's the best. It's like But but you know what I never understood though, and I'm still not really understanding is this sense of quote higher humor and then lower. So Right. Uh there's clever things but then if you laugh at the fart joke, you're somehow, a, or you make a fart joke, or like you mm-hmm. said, a fart sound, right? or I make a poop joke, that's somehow lower on the comedy totem pole. And I yeah. I'm just don't, I don't understand. I sincerely believe everybody laughs at farts. Everybody. A lot of Almost. people just feel like they should have grown out of it a long time ago. Why am I doing this? I, I'm yeah. not, that's not funny. Because my 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 mother is is from a kind of a proper family, and you know, uh, uh, she, you know, it, it's as much as she kind of shakes those roots. She still knows, you know, what fork to use and stuff. And if I don't hold the door for her, it's a big deal. And I always do, blah blah blah. But you know, she's not someone you'd think would laugh at fart. Now she's a little more crude, which is great. But I remember, <laughs> I remember her talk like when I was a little kid, like. Her, they saw Blazing Saddles. And that was the first time people actually farted in a movie. Was that scene? Is that right? Well, because uh, Mel Brooks <laughs> said, by it, the fire, right? Mel Brooks right. said, like, well, they're all, he's like, they're all eating beans and <laughs> drinking nothing but black coffee. He's like, are you kidding me? This writes itself. Yeah. And like the studio was like, you can't do it. Yeah. And it's one reason they got an R rating. Uh, and he's like, he's like, we just went into the sound booth and like lathered up our armpits and just, they all just made, just fart. Noises and those guys are farting, and they're not even farting; they're farting and burping so much, and no, they're all just sitting there eating. Yeah. And you're just like, these are apes. These cowboys are apes because they're not laughing; they're just farting right. and blah. And then, then a guy, you know, the guy comes in and more beans, Taggart, and he's like, I'd say you had enough. Like he's, he's yeah. waving his yeah, hat around. My mom was she like would see that that movie on TV and just cry laughing. <laughs> Like she couldn't hold it back, and she was a refined lady. Is refined what you're lady, saying. so yes. that uh, that really tickled her. Yeah, her and it's just seat. it's just it's a funny noise. It's a yeah, funny noise a, that comes out of your butt. Yeah, this is uh, this is interesting. So yeah, the comedy of the body is most obviously and crudely exemplified in scatological humor, where the distinction between the metaphysical and the physical is explored. The gap between our souls and our assholes, where we are asked to look to the world. With the nether eye. That's hilarious. <laughs> the nether eye. The brown eye. The brown eye. The brown eye. The big eye in the sky. So, now back to your special, though. Uh, yes. I, I can't remember the name. I'm sorry. I'm like thinking 5,000 thoughts. What's the name of your special? Uh, big Dumb Animal. Big Dumb Animal. 
So here's really interesting. I was thinking about you and your particular type of humor today, and I happened to read about Freud and his theory of humor. Hold on. Oh, this is about ethnic jokes. I really like that. Yeah. I really like that. I like that. Garth Brooks. So, okay, okay, hold on, hold on. There's this great idea. I'm laughing at other people. Okay, so there's two ways. There's a Freud... Inherit, he, he shares the Hobbesian tradition, the superiority theory of laughter, right? Mm. We're laughing at somebody, other, someone else's misfortune. I treat that other person as a child and myself as the adult. Now with you, mm. you know, it's been a while since I've seen your hour. Yeah. But I think that it seems to me that you lean more on the self-deprecation as opposed to everybody's fucked up. It's what I might be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. In, in a pinch, definitely. In a pinch. <laughs> I'm saying, like, if I did, like, just to, like, right off the bat, go, which do you do more? Definitely more self depreciation. I think so. And, yeah. and that, what that's called is the subject as abject object. So it's not that someone else is lower than you, it's that you actually debase you. And mm-hmm. what is that? And so Freud believed in doing that, you actually become the internal parent to the child. So mm-hmm. it's the superego turning. On the ego, which is fucking... That's crazy. And I talked about this today in therapy, because I do some deprecation stuff, too. And it's essentially the inner parent. Right. The re- the inner regulator who is telling you, at least with me, it's, why do you eat so much crap? You know you shouldn't have Cinnabon at 10.30 at night. At least on stage, I talk about sure. body stuff, or yes. what, this and that. So, I don't know. Does that resonate with oh, you absolutely. as a comic? Yeah. Well, absolutely. I mean, because I... I've- I, I do feel like if I don't just straight up admit to myself my behaviors, exactly how lazy I am, uh, uh, how little work done I get sometimes when I should, how much I drink on the weekends, like what, that kind of thing where it's like I spent a lot of my time, uh, a lot of my life being mindless and not mindful, you know, not to use like a, uh, a Buddhist term or whatever that is, right, but it's right, just kind right. of, you know – I think I, I think it is that thing of of you, that that's that's one of those things I kind of try try to get to the bottom of in this special and make it a little more personal. Where it's just like just fucking talk about it. Yeah. If if Louis C.K. can call his daughter an asshole, she's like five. <laughs> I can talk about whatever mm-hmm. I, I've done that's been that's been weird or strange. It's it's like people generally. I know I like warts and all. I like when someone just of you know, admits stuff. And if and I've and I've been guilty of just being this person just like, well, no, I'm just this fun guy. There's nothing. <laughs> hey, everybody, you know, and there's nothing really to share that's dark when there there really is. You know? Right, which is what I'm, oh, black cat. okay, so I haven't seen her new hour, which is mm-hmm. what I'm saying, like, in the past, I mean, you have this fucking brilliant owl joke. Mm-hmm. This is years ago, sorry. Sure. I know, right. I'm dating. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> even, like, I remember, like, watching you talk about the, you were the pillow. One side it's hot, one side it's cold, and you do this thing, and you're yeah. like, God, this is so brilliant. Like the way your brain works, yeah. the absurdities, but you're saying that you've found a way to make it personal, which is like the melding of two. Well, to talk about wonderful that, that pillow one is just, it's a, a uncle of mine going yeah. off the rails. He <laughs> didn't understand what it was to, to be a comedian. I should have talked about how that made me feel. I should have talked about right. like, well, what the fuck did you do with your life? Right. Uncle Mike or whatever, right. you know, right. uh, uh, you know, uh, th- that would be how I would kind of flip that. But with, right. with this, I'm just telling, I, I tell a story about how, I have a bit of an anger problem, and I just I, I screamed something at a table full of people that was hor- horrible. Yeah, and they were horrible too. <laughs> I don't really feel guilty, but it's just like, what the fuck? Yeah. Who says that kind of yeah. thing? Um, 
And uh, uh, I have a story about my my after a breakup, my my therapist uh, couldn't meet with me the week of the breakup. Oh no! And so he met me at a mall, and I walked around a mall <sighs> crying, like just oh. talking to him. But it's an actual funny story, and has a good twist at the end. But it's like. You know, that's the kind of thing I would just be like, that's uh, so, de- don't talk about that. It's so depressing. But it's like, that's where it is. Yeah, it's where it is. You got to get the the warts out, you know? The gross, yeah. icky. Yeah. Though I do like, I do love silly bullshit too. Yeah. You know? Oh, yeah. I don't want to ever let go of just stuff that just kind of makes me laugh. Well, it's no. It's so dumb. And that'll, that'll meld into the personal, which you, it sounds mm-hmm. like you've already been evolving into. And then bit. be even fucking more amazing. You know? Like, that's kind of Louis mm-hmm. C.K.'s trajectory. It was silly, 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 and then personal yeah. plus silly. And it was like, yeah. Whoa. Well, uh, K- a Canaan special just came out and he has a great bit about how He's now, it's weird that he's happy now. He's just a happy person. <laughs> Is he now? Yeah, oh, God. Well, he's, it's just, he's just, his career's going great, and he's got, yeah. like, a good girlfriend, and, you know, he it's like his dreams have come true, something. And he's like, you just have to, I realize you have to adjust what you think of as a miracle. And for yeah. me, that miracle was, I burnt my laundry. Like, I didn't <laughs> think you could do that. And it's like, right, he burned his laundry in a dryer because it's on too high and with those industrial dryers. And he just, like, took it out, like, wow. <laughs> Not like, God damn it. <laughs> like, yeah. It's a miracle. <laughs> so crazy. So crazy. Yeah, that's so interesting. And I think I had this epiphany this year, too, though, that once you don't put your happiness in the show business, show business <sighs> gets a lot better for Spent you. Spent a lot of years, like, <laughs> thinking that would, it'll be, I'll be. Yeah. Happy if I'm successful. Yes. And I'm I'm just sad because things aren't working out. Yeah. I just, you know, and I'm still guilty. Just yesterday, I um I did a I did a little interview with this with this this place that's uh been I had, people have in the past been like, oh, we're gonna do a big feature on you kind of thing. And I did this little thing. And then was like talking to this, you know, I hired a publicist for to help me with a special to get the word out. I'm like, when is the feature thing? And she's like, Oh, they're not doing one. And I'm like, what? <laughs> And like I was, and I've I've had friends who've had these interviews. I was just, and I was like, you know, I was really, really just angry. And my girlfriend was kind of like, "You're doing it again. You're yeah. doing it." I'm like, "But you gotta understand, babe. This is built up from a couple years. I'll be fine in like two days. You gotta let me not not every moment of both those days, but just let me get it out." So it's like you definitely do not place your happiness in the biz ever. Don't do that. Try to have a good personal life, good friends, whatever. Go to therapy, should I do, if you need to. Um, but also, uh, 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 when you are sad, when you are angry, yeah. let yourself be sad or angry. Bam. Don't bury it. Bam. And that, can I tell you, it took me fucking years. I just started feeling feelings. I just had a ah, breakdown. Yeah. Uh, that's, that was my breakdown. Sorry. It was actually hmm. the starting point of the show is I had an emotional breakdown in a hotel room. I say this like every episode yeah. where I was crocheting and crying uh, in the middle of the day. In, like, yeah, Denver. but can you do one without the other? Can you really? I don't think you can. <laughs> <laughs> Drinking, crying, and crocheting in the middle of the day. And I, that uh, is one of my favorite uh, Dolly Parton country numbers. <laughs> That's my next Drinking, album. Crocheting and crying. <laughs> but yeah, it was the epiphany of hey, there's this void, and guess what? No amount, nothing's going to fill it. And yeah. you have to kind of deal with that void as it comes. And that means crying every now and yeah. then over whatever it is that's the, in that oh, hole. You got, and you're, and you're lucky on. you had that. I had a oh. mini one. I had a mini one of those God. where, you know, we're like, I told you we're like looking at apartments and we looked at this apartment and this, I found out that this comedian who I really respect a lot mm. was his and he died. And I saw, they they accidentally, because there's all this antiques crap left around, they left, uh, uh, and here's the thing. 
Just say who it is because it's gonna. Can we say who it is? Do you mind? Uh, it was Taylor Negron's place. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He just passed away. He just passed away. He died of cancer. Oh, I love and him so much. Yeah. He was so. such a unique yeah. force of nature. Yeah. And um, uh, and just so ballsy and so funny. Oh. And he uh, him and the aristocrats just sitting in a lawn chair among his plants with a, a flute of champagne is like one of the funniest scenes. Anyway, I we were looking around this place and they're just like, oh, a comedian used to live here. And I looked over and I just saw this this framed picture of him, and they just talked about how he passed away with all his all these friends around him in his Aww. room, and the guy showing the apartment was friends with his of his, and I just saw the picture and I went oh, and tears kind of came to my eyes, you know, and I just I, he saw I got choked up, and he's like oh dear, did you know? I'm like I think I met him once. I, I'm a comedian, and just and it was like I got sad not only because, uh, uh. uh yeah, I was a fan, but also because I was like, like, fuck, life is life is 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 finite, and yeah. and 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 comedians die, yeah. and we die in our apartments. Sometimes we die surrounded by friends. Sometimes we don't. Sometimes we. It's just this person who you're not even in your head thought would always be there mm. is just gone forever. And you know, you mentioned Carl Sagan and his wife, and then saying like, never see each other again. Mm-hmm. I kind of just believe, you know, the thing that. I think, I think literally, if we lived as ourselves forever in heaven, we'd lose our fucking minds. Yeah, we would change into something else, maybe not something positive. Um, (laughs) But I do. It is that thing of like energy never dissipates; it just moves on. Aristotle. Yes. Yes. It's just that thing of you just you're something else. Yeah. Maybe you you are absorbed into something or whatever. I don't know. But it's like I really don't think as we are right now Mm. will. We'll see each other again like this. Not not in this form. Not in this form. We'll come back not, reincarnated. Not in this form. As, uh, and, and and even that else. theory of us coming back and seeing the same people again and again and again. Maybe it's like yeah, <laughs> but on how many worlds? Possible. Because if if we have this universe, we can't act like the Earth is it. No. Have we been all these other places in the universe seeing all the same people? Is it is it infinite billions? Maybe, <laughs> but it would have to be because it can't. All our afterlife, everything cannot revolve around the earth. <laughs> the Do you know earth, what I'm saying? Only earth it just can. and heaven. I know. I don't know. You know what? Reincarnation, though, so many people believe in it. Sure. We're talking, is it the other half? It of makes the more world? sense than heaven and hell, let's be honest. It, most definitely. You know? That's a, I'm sorry. To right. me, that's just, that is a lot harder to take. And I went yeah. to Catholic school. I'm, me, I'm traditionally Catholic. I was raised Catholic. Catholic. Yeah. yeah. And I, that to me, I, I just don't see God keeping score. Yeah. I, I just that's not the benevolent. I'm I'm more like New Testament God, not Old Testament. Sure, <laughs> right? Like, sure. you know the the loving, not the my, scornful. My friend uh, Raul De La Cruz in Chicago had the best bit about. I wish God would just come down and just do a press conference and go. All right, <laughs> right. I'm just going to answer your questions. All right, guys. Uh, if you you guys just throw out what you think is true. Yeah. Right. 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 Way off. Right. Wrong. Bingo. Yeah. Nailed. Nope. 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 <laughs> And then, okay, let's get a couple questions. Oh, okay, well, look, that was Old Testament. Having a kid mellows you out. <laughs> that's great. Oh, that's <laughs> Isn't that hilarious. a great joke? I love quoting that one. Oh, it's that's just, brilliant. Isn't that great? God, that's such a good sketch. Mm-hmm. God, why didn't I think of that? Having a kid so, mellows you out. The la- okay, so this one I wanted to bring up with you, too. So I also, uh, we talked on the other show, or before we recorded your mom's house, about neurotic, how comedians are... Mm-hmm. Weren't you and I fall into neurotic, which means everything is my fault. I'm to blame. 
And the opposite of that is people with personality disorders who go, not me, you're to blame. So I might be equal. I might, might be equally both. Okay. Sometimes. Let's talk about it. Why? If I'm, well, the thing is, if I'm truly, truly honest with myself, <laughs> I feel like I'm, an, I'm neurotic. Yes. Yeah. I, 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 by saying, because most things that happen to me in my life are my fault. Yeah. You know, they are. If I really, really get down to it, you do kind of make your own road. You choose who to be around. You choose who to work with, what you do, yeah. all that stuff. I do have specific instances in my life where people have fucked me over. Sure. Yeah. We all do. Yeah. We all do. But it's like to sit here and go, oh, man, it's that person. It's like, well, I could have changed my mental attitude and, and, and yeah. operated better. So you're neurotic. When it comes down to it. Yeah, it's erotic. But that's when it, when it, when it comes down to it, I am. But I've, I've a lot of times in my life been like, oh, man, this guy or this person is not. You know, like I said about the interview thing. Yeah. You know, it's like. Yeah, why did that happen? May, you know, why did that happen? To me, it's a shitty call. Why, why, why wouldn't they? Yeah. But at the same time, maybe I could have worked harder the last couple of years and been more famous, you know, oh, kind wow. of thing. Oh, wow. That's insidious. Maybe. I mean, it's a stretch. Yeah. But at the same time, would I be uh, as you know, relatively happy as I am now. Maybe not. You know, you know what I found too? This is the so irony. You know. uh, working harder doesn't always equal getting more things. No. I found it's taking the downtime, giving less fucks about show business yeah. is actually the way things happen. Mm-hmm. It's kind of a weird dance. Yeah. But that's... Yeah. So I think I'm neurotic 100% because yeah. everything's my fault all the time. <laughs> I must be to blame. I'm down to, and I'm I'm crazy enough where it's even to physical ailments. Wow! I, like I, uh, I was touring with this girl back in '08 who was a fucking personality disorder, and uh, I get, I had eczema. Oh, it man. manifested this this you know being around somebody who's so fucking crazy all the time. Yeah. I had eczema, and then uh, the minute I stopped touring with this girl, it cleared up. So I was like, well, surely it's some some things are related. Well, yeah, you know, I do. I haven't had them in a while, but I used to break out in rashes from stress. Oh, oh, dude, hives mm. first year of college. Wow. Do how? When's the last time you got the rash? <sighs> maybe maybe a year ago, maybe two. Wow. So mm-hmm. you're still yeah. Now what's up with your parents? They focused all the attention on you. You're an only child. Yes. Do you think that's what made you more neurotic? That all that attention. Hmm. That's interesting. Was it good attention or was it overwhelming attention? Maybe. It, it's, also, it's also just being, just looking at, I don't even, boy, I don't even know. I never even thought of exactly, I feel like, I feel like my parents drive me crazy as much as anybody's parents drive them crazy and maybe less, mm. but maybe I, but I think sometimes I'm, I'm sensitive, you know, kind of thing. But it's, but I've kind of lately as an adult been like, Oh yeah, that is. Hey, that is shitty. What my mom said, you know, when like oh, whereas when I was in high school or or what my dad in in high school, I manifested it to the point where I was just like, oh, my mom's so awful to me, and I would mm-hmm. tell my friends how awful she was, and she wasn't really. I was kind of a slacker idiot. That's what mom's <laughs> supposed to do, kind of kicking your ass, you know. So that's what I mean about being too sensitive and stuff. But it was it was it. it it is one of those things. I don't even know any other way than being an only child, and it did teach me how to make friends, which is an invaluable thing. Um, but I, you know, sometimes sure. I do wonder what it'd be like to have a brother or sister, Oh, me too. but, but people who have only children and choose to have only children, I believe are, are, are more than fine. And I I really resent people that have several kids that are like, well, you should, (laughs) it's like, should, 
What are you talking? <laughs> Anyone I know who has a lot of older brothers got the shit beat out of them routinely in their childhood. Routinely. I know. You know? I know. And if you had an older sister, uh, she would emotionally torture you kind of I thing. I know. You know? I used to go to this, this kid's house after school uh, in second grade, and his older sisters would babysit us, and they had, they had nail polish the color of actual steel. Wow. Like metal, like they were like metalhead girls. They were like the girls from like Days and Confused. <laughs> That's so Or great. like the mean girl, uh, Busy Phillips on yeah. um, on um, Yeah, she's great. Uh, uh, yeah, she's awesome. On yeah. uh, You know what I'm talking about. Freaks yeah, Geeks. I know. I can see Freaks her face. Geeks. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and, and they were just horrible to us. They were so no. fucking mean. No, but it, I look back now and now it's funny. Yeah. But, and he, and, and he, was, he was a mean kid too yeah. to me. You know, it's just that, it's that thing. Like what's, you know. That's interesting. Know. But what did you... Okay, I know for me, mm. I spent a lot of time alone as a kid. It was uh, I was always hiding from my mom. Oh, uh, yeah. It was in um, stories. I loved stories. I loved television. I loved my records. I, music saved my life. Wow. That's the fucking one thing I always looked uh-huh. at. But yeah, the uh, internal self-loathing, the internal critic, uh, anger. I'm very angry. And I feel like that's in my... Con- that's the... What I'm, what I'm funneling into stand-up is the internal the superego, the internal parent, who's very hateful. Huh. So I, I know, about it. I know yeah. it now. I'm cognizant of, yeah. whoa, whoa. Did you just fucking say that to yourself? That's yeah. a crazy thought. And then you can channel it into a joke, and then now it's diffused. It, and it's so true how you just carry it with you. You, oh. you carry it as long as you, as I, the forgiveness thing, I still, like when I mentioned those people that kind of fucked me over, uh, like I still... I still find myself thinking of them and just going, God, like, I want to fucking ruin you. And it's just like, dude. And I stop myself and go, dude, that was two years ago almost. Like, stop, stop. Like, forget them. Let it go. You know, and just, and and I find if I just say to myself, I just go, well, let that go. Let that go. And just take a deep breath and just spit it out. Just let it fly somewhere else. It doesn't go away completely, but it diffuses it, Mm -hmm. you know? Because you're not going to live forever. No. That's the other thing. Now we're creeping into 40. Right. And then you're like, what? I've only got how much time left? <laughs> Wait, how how much energy have I devoted to yep. being angry and being resentful mm-hmm. and not forgiving and giving a fuck about people and things I never should have cared about? Yeah. I don't have much. We don't have that much time. Right. <laughs> Right. I'm not doing it for the next. No. If I get 40, if mm-hmm. I get another 40 years, I may not. Right. Shit. Yeah. You fucking might not even get to live that long. Well, look, neither one of us smoke. I Generally, used watch to, what we eat. Years. You know. Yeah. Go to the gym. I do. I, I do think like it's 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 <laughs> life expectancy will get longer and longer because oh, we be, well nightmare. because we get checkups and all that jazz yeah. and don't you know I don't I don't like you doctors know. I don't trust oh them. yeah. Anyways, uh, anything you want to say about comedy before we wrap up? Any final? What What's your thing in comedy? What What sticks in your asshole? I, oh, that bothers me about yeah, it. Yeah, because everybody's got something in stand up that they're like, "What the fuck? Why? Why is this a thing?" Or, uh, nothing. There's nothing I can think of that you could just you could really fix. Uh, I know. You know, I I generally I have a problem just waiting around a long time to go on. If I'm, you know, I'll, I'll go walk around the block, you know, you don't like to wait to go on. And and, well, sometimes I really dig watching comedy. Other times I just, I just want to get my set done. Yeah. I can't, I can't always watch people, you know, too tough, you know, but, um, God, I don't know. What do you wish people, 
would consider when they go to see a stand-up comedian? What's your pet peeve? You're, you're doing a week in hmm. whatever city, huh. and it's that thing that happens that's trigger. You know what yeah. I'm talking about. Yeah. It's that one audience member, and you just fucking see red. Sure. Or it's your pet peeve of the week when you're doing a week somewhere. Right. Um, oh, it's just people that won't shut up. Simple yeah. as that. Simple as that. That's that it's like you, you don't get to talk when you go to the comedy clubs. You just don't. You don't get to talk. And it's always the person. I mean, it's more often than not, it's the person that drank a lot. But yeah. a lot of drunk people are just quiet and want to laugh. <laughs> and those people are the best. But it, it usually that person is just like, no, but I want to keep, I want attention. I still want attention. <sighs> we just left a bar and I was, I was telling you guys a story. I want to oh, talk more. Sorry. It's okay. There's an email coming. Yes. But you, you know, oh. I mean, that, that's what it is. It's the person who, uh, I won't even say the funny person around the office or whatever. No. Sometimes it's that. But usually it's just someone that just, they cannot stand it that all these people are yes. looking at someone else. Can I tell you who it is in my world? Okay. Uh, well, you've done the show, the Chelsea crowd. It's the 20 year old drunk ha. white girl. Oh, yeah, sure. My least, the drunk, I'm not saying if you're 20 and you're a white girl, I still love you, but don't come to my shows hammered. And then it's that, yeah. what? I was just, I was laughing. You're like, you weren't. Yeah. No, I had, you weren't. I went, when I, when I played Portland, there were two girls that I kept having, they kept, they kept laughing. They were so drunk and they kept just laughing, but then talking to each other. Oh, that's During my setups. I hate that. To the point where I, I'd shut them down, shut them down, shut them down. At one point I went, I just mid joke went, you gotta shut the fuck up. <laughs> and like almost a standing O. Because, but it was, they were so, dr- and like yeah. uh, my friends were sitting behind them and uh, my, my friend's wife was like, was like, you guys gotta be quiet. And then they're like, we're sorry, but she's just like, she, her, she, our friend is dying, and we were like, "What's our friend in the hospital?" You're like, right. "You're lying." Yeah, you're lying. You know, it's alcohol, but alcohol it's ruins alcohol. people. And yeah, and and yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it's, it's uh, maybe you do leave a terminal friend to go see a comedy show to get your mind <laughs> off it. No, no, no. Maybe you, you do. Might. You might. Maybe yes, you do. You might. But it is that thing of uh, no. Like, come on. You know what I find interesting is that the very nature of our gig is to bring happiness. Like our, our intent at its core is to spread joy, is to bring joy. And sometimes people are so adversarial when you tell them what you do for a living. Like, oh, I'm a comedian. Like, all right, tell me something funny. Sure, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, right. What makes you special? Yeah. <laughs> How come you get to do that? Right. So. And it's and I think because the assumption is that everybody everybody's capable, yes, of being funny, but the actual skill of joke writing, performing, and then being funny six times for six hours a week. Yeah. Yo, if I did stand-up when I wanted to, I would do stand-up four times a year yeah. if I was in the mood ah. for it, right? Well, and you give your life to it. Yeah. Like, it's like, it's like, look, you can't half-ass this shit. I know people yeah. who are like, oh, I moved to New York and tried it for like six months, didn't work out. <laughs> like, of course it didn't. <laughs> Gonna give it five years to start, man. Like, I, I, I sat down with this dude who's, who's, who started out promoting and working in clubs and stuff, and now he's one of the big wigs at, like, Live Nation, you know? And they produce, you know, Kevin Hart's tour and, like, just the fucking biggest of the big. And it was – we only met because we kind of hit it off at a festival once. There's nothing he's going to do for me right now. Yeah. You know, I'm not that big. But he, was, he said to me, he's like, so you've been doing comedy, like, how long? And I was like, maybe 14 years. And he's like – He's like, oh well, you're still kind of a baby, like literally, <laughs> because it, because the people that That's are right. like that are like, holy shit, wow, yes. they've been doing like twenty years, twenty five years at minimum, yeah, minimum. And I wouldn't say I'm necessarily a baby, but it's like he was being, he was, 
he was being a little bit exaggerating a little, but it's that thing of like that's what people don't get. Yeah. How long does it take to be a doctor? Eight years. Yeah. You know, and of course, doctors are more important. Granted, oh, much but more. But people don't <laughs> think about it that way. Yeah. And if they really do, they'd be like, oh, okay. You know. Yeah, and I think what I've learned in stand up, it's the ability to be funny in any circumstance. Right. Try that. If you think you're the fucking office uh, joker and you're coming to my show and heckle, why don't you try being funny fucking how many weeks out of the year on television and, uh, when uh, you've got the pressure of America yeah. watching you? Mm-hmm. And and Come a, a, a packed pack club and everybody paid their money. <laughs> it's the worst. They paid their money. Yeah, it takes the fun right out of stand-up. And you get on stage <laughs> and you're not their favorite. You're they not, all have yeah, a comedian yeah. that's their favorite. <laughs> Man, that if only crushes me. Fill in the blank was here. If yeah. only Brian Regan was here. Yeah. If only you know. I've been whoever. told if only Tom. I go, yeah. It's Tom. I did a fill-in week for Tom Green, at Jacksonville. Someone gets up. They they hated me, and on the way out, they're like, "I wish Tom Green was here." I go, "Yeah, I wish he was here too." Because you're a fucking asshole. It was so <laughs> bad. It was so bad. Yeah. And you're like, yeah, but Google me, motherfucker. Like I don't know. Who, nobody goes to the movies. And just goes, what's playing? I don't know. See, but God bless the Google fact me. the fact that people, generally speaking, do go. Oh, I trust the club. This they, person, is. yes. Because I remember, be, I remember being young and first time I went to comedy clubs. I remember just crying, laughing, and being like, "This is great," <laughs> and just going like, "I don't know who this guy is," and really never caring since who the person was, really. Yeah. But it was like for that moment. Yeah, that's true. You know, I'm just gonna, I'm gonna trust a professional. I go to eat in a restaurant. That's I trust true. they're not gonna send out a TV dinner. Yes. I trust that the ki- the chicken will be cooked. Right. You know what I mean? It's like that same thing. But, you know, one man's Olive Garden right. is another man's Four Seasons uh-huh. restaurant. Okay, I should let you go. Um, thank you so much for being here. I absolutely adore you. I Your love special you too. debut is February 6th. Uh, that's right. Fe- Friday, February 6th on Comedy Central. Okay. Called Big Dumb Animal. Big Dumb Animal. Please set your DVRs to record it. Don't, don't try to figure out when it's on, right? I mean, it's on at 9. Uh, uh, West Coast midnight. Yeah, it'd be on if you're direct TV uh, at, at 9 p.m. But just, uh, just at, but it'll be on. It, generally speaking, it's it. on midnight. It'll right. be on. But set your things. Yeah, yeah. Matt Bronger, B R A U N G E R. Check him out. You're going to love him. Buy his stuff. Download everything. <laughs> uh, All right, I love you, buddy. Love you too. You're out. That was great. I don't know. Philosophize with. Philosophize with. Christina P, a.k.a. Miss Jeans, this ain't your mom's house, it's a different theme, gotta be critically thinking, like you caught up at a cocktail party, our thoughts start to sink in, John Locke, or was it Socrates, Aristotle or Plato, maybe Hippocrates, got us talking all properly, topically, just a comedian discussing these philosophies, serious questions, silly people, what's that, that's deep bro, it is the ultimate metaphor for life, and you know what that is? What? That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro. That's deep, bro.